This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Chicago Audible podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. As you know, I'm Nicholas Moriano, here to give you another recap of what happened at Bears training camp. Already day 19. It's crazy to think that it's already 19 days of training camp. And I've been to a majority of them, but here to give you another recap podcast version, not the written version that I had yesterday. If you want to check that out, feel free to go do so. But here to just give you a rundown of what happened today at Hallis Hall. And the Bears were back on fields three and four. Another hot day. And I feel like I haven't been to the other fields in so long now or even seen them practice over there. I feel like every single time I've been able to go now at the beginning of the week, it's always on fields three and four. The good thing about those fields, there's some shade over there. And I, I can't, can't complain with that. Uh, also, just to give you, again, where I was at for today's practice, I had a new spot and I knew exactly where the Bears were going to practice you can always tell by the cameras that are there so it was off to the side a little different vantage point where most of the team activities were taking place and the Bears were in full pads today they weren't yesterday so they got back into the full pads and just to give you a rundown like early on in practice a lot of run plays were called kind of working on you know just the run game that has been pretty much non-existent in the preseason and I heard one of the coaches call one of the periods, one of the very after the individuals and warming up, uh, a team blitz period. So that's where we're going to start this uh, training camp report just to see how certain players did in this period. So in this team blitz period, we're going to start with Andy Dalton, the Bears starter um, for week one against the Rams. If you didn't hear Matt Nagy's press conference earlier today, he essentially said that Dalton is not going to play against the Tennessee Titans on Saturday because he's a week one starter and Justin Fields will get the start and play at least two quarters and play with a majority of the offensive line and situationally with some of the skilled players, which, hey, I mean, we'll have to wait and see how that, if that plan uh, changes in the regular season, but Dalton is a starter. So let's, let's talk about this practice though. So to start, Andy Dalton pretty much throwing some shorter passes through a really a short pass in the flat to Jesse James that Eddie Jackson was, if this was a live period, uh, would have lit up Jesse James. So a really short pass there. Missed Darnell Mooney near the right sideline. And you're going to, throughout this this training camp report, you're going to hear Darnell Mooney's name a lot, especially when it comes to Andy Dalton. But he was able to, on the very next play for Andy Dalton, to come back to Mooney, 
connect on a short pass over the middle of the field. And again, Darnell Mooney was a target for this another play, but Kendall Vildor was able to make a good play in coverage. And this is all 11-on-11 team period. Like I said, team blitz period is what one of the coaches I heard said. Justin Fields comes in. He's with the second team O-line and the second team wide receivers to begin. And how does he start? He hits Rodney Adams for a short gain, and then it kind of goes downwards and for the entire offense in this unit. You had Josh Woods who would have easily had a sack against Lachavis Simmons on the right side. Charles Snowden comes unblocked on the left side and Fields throws to you know one of his skilled players, and they don't even catch the ball. And also in that period, I, I made a note of this just you know because it, it just seemed odd. It was, it was John V. Johnson who was on the left side of the formation. Jesse James was on the right side. Fields is a quarterback. Someone had to go in motion. They're both looking at each other, and no one's doing anything. So Matt Nagy has to come in, have the offense rehuddle just to fix the play, but on the next one, uh, Fields does hit John V. Johnson over the middle of the field. And then just to kind of follow what my notes were during during these um, these periods, I have some O-line notes. Jason Peters was with the starters and the same, same way that offensive line looked yesterday in Monday's practice. It carried over to Tuesday's practice. So you had Jason Peters, left tackle, Cody Whitehair at left guard, center Sam Mustafer, James Daniels at right guard, and Jermaine Effetti at that right tackle. And unlike yesterday, Jermaine Effetti was getting some reps in the team period. He didn't do that in yesterday's practice. You had Elijah Wilkinson filling in at that right tackle, but Jermaine Effetti was in participating in, in the team periods throughout this practice, in this padded practice. Um, but Peters did take some reps off, and Larry Borum actually was getting reps with the first string offense when Peters came out and was just kind of taking a breather or just taking it easy. And what I noticed from Jason Peters being a future Hall of Famer, someone you know who's going to be in Canton one day, constantly when he wasn't in was talking to Matt Nagy, just him and Matt Nagy talking about who knows what. It looked like Jason Peters was in a stance and trying to tell Matt Nagy something. But also, I saw Jason Peters going and talking to Juan Castillo while the rest of the offensive line was kind of huddled up and just with their respective group. But Jason Peters was there talking to Juan Castillo. Who knows what they were talking about, but I think that kind of just shows you what Jason Peters is about and has a lot of experience. And if he can share that with Matt Nagy, with Juan Castillo, obviously he has a connection with Juan Castillo. Of course, he's going to do that. And in these training camp reports, I usually don't make notes of running back, you know, good runs by the running backs just because you you just never know if that run's going to actually amount to something because it's not always a live tackling period. But I did have some notes on some of the runs that happened that stood out. Uh, CJ Marble in the team period. I know Mason, if you're listening, is is a fan. Uh, He had a nice run and Juan Castillo got really fired up in in that period just seeing that that hole opened up and there was another good run during the period and Jermaine Effetti you know blocks Travis Gibson and Juan Castillo again goes up to Effetti afterwards gives him a fist bump so CJ Marble having some some good runs also there was some wildcat that was being sprinkled in throughout the practice so there was a play where David Montgomery is essentially the quarterback Damian Williams is there and so is Ryan Nall and Montgomery just hands the ball off to Damian Williams, gets a nice gain. 
And then one last run that I made a note of, Artavius Pierce had a good run. On that left side, this would be the second unit that Justin Fields was mostly repping with. So you had Larry Borum, left tackle. And I kept seeing 53 in the offensive line, forgetting who who is that? Arlington Hambright, because Jason Peters took his number. So Arlington Hambright. So it was Borum and Hambright made a nice hole for Artavius Pierce and, you know, had a nice little game there. And I will say this about Larry Borum. This is a guy that, like I said, when Peters was out just kind of getting a breather, Larry Borum was in. He also was the primary left tackle when Jason, um, Justin Fields took majority of his reps in the team period. So a lot of playing time, especially in this practice for Larry Borum and just kind of getting acclimated to you know, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. So I think that was great to see from a rookie and you know, obviously missing some time due to a concussion earlier in training camp, but definitely getting those reps early on in practice and throughout the entire practice, really. So... Before we go to the next period of practice, just kind of chronologically taking you what through this practice on Tuesday and what happened, we got to go and hear our message from Manscaped. Attention listeners from across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. If you're looking for an out-of-world experience, and you know you are, Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, Europe, Australia, South Africa, and even Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, which are awesome, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. For a clean training and beyond, your space balls will thank you. All right, now to go to this goal line period. Um, I didn't have the vantage point to know exactly where they were on the field, but they were pretty close to um, the end zone there. So, Starting back going with Andy Dalton, what he was able to do in this period, to be completely honest, much of nothing to start off. Uh, had a high throw to Demir Bird that fell incomplete towards the back right corner of the end zone. Kendall Vildor had good coverage on the play. You also saw more of that Wildcat again with David Montgomery. And actually, Larry Borum was out wide. And anytime you see an offensive lineman or just anybody that big as lined up as a wide receiver, you just take note of it but was looking as if there would be like a bubble screen. That's why you kind of do that. But Montgomery had the run. I don't even think they, they got into the end zone in the plays that they, when Dalton was in. Then enter Justin Fields. What did the Bears do? One of the first plays, they ran that kind of Travis Kelsey tight end pitch to the inside. You saw it with, with Trey Burton when he was here. But this time, they ran it with Allen Robinson, and he gets into the end zone for that first attempt. 
Then you have Ryan Nall in a run who he, he gets into the end zone. And then the very last one to kind of end that goal near the goal line period, how I have in my notes, Justin Fields takes it himself for a touchdown along the right sideline versus again this is a second team defense i want to preface that this is against the second team defense but nobody's there gets to the end zone for a touchdown so unlike what dalton was able to do in that period justin fields in that offense was able to get into the end zone all right and then after that period you go into a little special teams with the hands team guys just kind of getting those reps on onside kicks who needs to line up where chris Tabor kind of getting that unit where it needs to be and then we go to the seven-on-seven seven period. And this is where, for the quarterbacks, it just did not go very well. Start with Dalton again. Short passes um, to, to really begin this period. He does complete a deep pass to Marquise Goodwin on the left side. But the play took forever. And again, this is seven-on-seven. Seven. There's no rush. So your, your, your goal is not to hold on to the ball as long as you can. And he kind of did that way. He did complete the pass to Goodwin, but kind of like that backyard football stuff that really doesn't count then the play a couple plays later just later in that period for the seven on seven for dalton picked off by eddie jackson deep middle of the field trying to hit darnell mooney like i said earlier andy dalton targeting darnell mooney heavily in tuesday's practice but trying to hit darnell mooney in the end zone ball was short jackson jumped the route and then to kind of finish this off eddie jackson does a nice little finger roll into the turnover bucket and then we'll go to to Fields before we go to Dalton's second attempt at the seven on sevens. What does Fields do to kind kind of just capitalize on maybe Andy Dalton's mistake? First play uh, is nearly intercepted for Justin Fields, targeting Riley Ridley along the left sideline. Thomas Graham Jr. has perfect coverage on the play, and somehow the ball does end up in Ridley's hands after the deflection, but Ridley catches the ball when he's out of bounds. Then Fields does connect. With Demir Bird on a deep crosser, Demir Bird was on the right side, goes all the way left, connects with him, and I want to make note here, for Justin Fields in this 7-on-7 period, he is going up against, I would say, a majority of the ones for the 7-on-7. You see Artie Burns, um, who's been subbing in and out with Kendall Vildor as that second cornerback opposite Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson's also in. Eddie Jackson, Tashawn Gibson. Marquis Christian, who's been getting a lot of nickel reps as well. So, again, a majority of those secondary guys that have been obviously starters or have been, you know, in and out of the starting role. So he's going up against those guys. And then Justin Fields throws an interception in the middle of the field, trying to hit Chris Lacey, who's running a seam route. Tashawn Gibson picks him off. And the ball just seemed off. It was just high where Chris Lacey was at. But after the play, though... Justin Fields goes to Chris Lacey, who's kind of taking a knee, and I think he got a little shaken up after the play. He's kind of in front of the Gatorade cart, and he's talking to to Chris Lacey about the play. About what? The specifics? Who knows? Where Was the ball off? Was he not in the right place? We'll never know. But it's nice to see Justin Fields taking that leadership role and just talking to a young wide receiver to you know just kind of see what happened on the play. Now going back to Dalton, his second attempt in the seven on sevens, really there wasn't much uh, better results. He throws behind Marquise Goodwin on a crossing route, does hit Montgomery on a slant route, found Mooney again. 
um, in in that period, and then had a nice pass to Marquise Goodwin with Jalen Johnson in coverage along the right sideline. So nothing big, but you know, missed some throws, made some, and then for Fields' uh, second attempt, he found a wide, wide open Ryan Nall for a touchdown that kind of ended the period. All right, so now we go into what the Bears did in practice, going to like a situational period, and they've done this a bunch of times throughout the practices, the training camp practices. So here's the situation that was given to the Bears' offense. It's the fourth quarter. 28 seconds are left on the clock. It is third down and one, 10 to seven game. Bears start from their own 45 yard line. So what does Dalton do on his first attempt in this situation? Uh, just to you know, make note, Larry Borum was in at left tackle for for this series. You have two drops from Darnell Mooney, um, and the second one. Jalen Johnson was in on the play. It was a, a slant route from the right from the right side, and he kind of gets banged up, was shaken up a little bit, walks off under his own pow- power and looked to be okay, but the first one was just a clear drop by Darnell Mooney. The second one, it was, it was really tight coverage uh, from Jalen Johnson, and I think I also saw Tashawn Gibson get on, on that play. So first attempt on third and one, obviously they get nothing with a drop from Mooney, and fourth and one, another drop. What does Fields do? With his same exact situation, he does complete a ball to Riley Ridley on the left sideline. So that moves the offense to the other side of the 47-yard line. Has Tries a deep throw to Chris Lacey. Fields just missed it. Um, it looked like there was a bunch of green grass in the end zone, and Fields were just put it more towards the right. Even if it was underthrown, Lacey could have went and got it, but Fields kind of threw it out of the back of the end zone. And it's a deep throw from the 47-yard line. So that's incomplete. Then third and 10 with 1.6 seconds left. And like I said, the Bears are down 10-7, 47-yard line, nine field goal range, obviously. Uh, field throw short to Daz Newsome. And if you guys remember that, I don't know if you've guys seen it, probably just everyone loves their Justin Fields content. But there was a play where Justin Fields in college – show um he becomes like the lead block i think it was against michigan state after a complete pass he's running down blocking for for his um you know wide receiver justin fields almost did something similar to with daz newsome it was a short pass over the middle of the field the bears got to get into the end zone at this point and you see justin fields just sprint and no nobody's going to touch him or anything like that but you just see the speed and i think just the competitiveness out of justin fields just doing that knowing Hey, he needs to throw in a block, and he's already done that before in an actual game in college, but he attempted to do it again. Of course, the Bears don't don't score. So it's a failed series as well. Dalton and Fields both fail. Now, round two of this situational period, a little bit different in terms of the circumstances. There's 17 seconds left in the game, starting from their own 48-yard line down 12-10. to 10. Um, Dalton comes back to Darnell Mooney, who dropped two passes on that previous series they repped together and completes it in the middle of the field. The the offense, or Dalton, spikes the ball. And then Brian Johnson, uh, the backup kicker to Cairo Santos, hits a 52-yard field goal to to win, win the game. Error. That may have been actually a halftime score, but regardless, they are able to get points on, on the series. Justin Fields comes in, his second attempt with the same exact circumstances of 17 seconds from their own 48-yard line down 12-10. Justin Fields completes a pass to John Vay Johnson along the right sideline. This is in front of cornerback Trey Roberson. 
Then Justin Fields has a throwaway on the next attempt. And Brian Johnson again, but this time from 54 yards, makes a field goal. So in this second attempt with the situational period, the Bears are able to you know, get some points and go, that would be obviously 13-12 to 12 with those Brian Johnson field goals, who's been really phenomenal in training camp, has a huge, huge leg. And I, it's been, I don't know if it's been a little confusing for me, but like you haven't seen Cairo Santos taking some of those kind of situational kicks. Has he done it at times? Yes, but I feel like the Bears have been trying Brian Johnson just to see what he has, and he's been pretty consistent. And then really, guys, with a practice that, that wasn't too, too eventful, to be completely honest, especially if you're looking for big offensive plays, deep passes, and good quarterback play, That today was not that practice. Um, like I said, there was a heavy run to begin, and this defense was flying around like it usually does. And then just to kind of end the practice, we have um, the quarterbacks um, competing in the throw in the football in the bucket game. So what was happening, the, the bucket was placed in front of the back right pylon. And how I had it, or well, look, I, I kind of miss I missed one of Dalton's throws, but who ended up winning the drill? Dalton was able to get it in the bucket five times. Foles, Nick Foles, who I didn't even mention this in this podcast because he's really not getting any of the team reps anymore. It's really just Dalton Fields, how it should be. Nick Foles had four passes that landed in the bucket, and then Justin Fields was last with a three there. Luckily, the Bears are not going and evaluating who should be the starting quarterback based on who can throw a football in a bucket. But that is really what happened in today's training camp practice, you guys. Um, I really appreciate you guys for tuning in, checking these out, just just staying you know, with, with me in this coverage here. Really appreciate it, and so does Will as well. I won't be back at Hallis Hall until next Monday. Have to go back to work. So I'll be there for Monday and Tuesday's practice, and probably similar. I'll write up something for Monday, have a podcast on Tuesday, but... Yeah, for, for anybody who's not following us on on Twitter, please do, go do so at the Chicago Audible. You can follow myself at Nicholas Moriano. And make sure you're following us on YouTube anytime. And make sure you hit that bell notification. That's anytime we go live, you'll get notified for these training camp reports or while we're doing in-season for preview podcasts, meet the opponent, post-game shows. You'll, you'll be in the spot where you know we try to provide the best Bears coverage. But thank you, everybody, who tuned in. I'm going to stop this stream now, but until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.